Hey, welcome to episode 40 of the Following Faith podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan Jacobson. I'm joined by two today, other hosts, Scott Irwin. How's it going? And Daniel Asher. Hey, Daniel. We are already at 40 we episodes. 40 today. That's we crazy. 40. You guys, it's all downhill from here, I guess. <laughs> Is that how it works? I, I didn't I didn't realize that we, this number had snuck up on us so quickly, 40. And here's what I want to do. I want to give away something. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, wow. We'll, we'll give away uh, bobblehead dolls of the three of us uh, <laughs> to the person who can put post on our episode post on our Following Faith podcast. Uh, their favorite moment thus far from our 40 episodes. Just, I want to know the best moment. Uh, it, uh, it just could go anywhere, but I want to know <laughs> listeners' favorite moment uh, from listening uh, so far. Scott, do you have a favorite moment from our past? Well, I guess we can't, we got to say our past 39 because the 40th is in progress. Past 39. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think back. There was one time where I got to tell the, the, uh, the story of Stewie the foster dog on the podcast. That was a long time <laughs> yeah. ago. That one comes to mind. Stewie the foster dog, the story that keeps on giving. Daniel, you got something? Um, I mean, I think just <laughs> generally being able to be live marriage counselors for you and Kristen has been pretty, pretty great. Um, <laughs> and we went through like your and Christina's whole like marriage. Whole thing. engagement. Yes, that's mm. true. Yeah. We even had an episode called The One Where They Got Married. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in good, I'm in good, uh, company with you on just being able to flex my counseling skills. Alfie is trying to speak up right now. Can you hear Alfie? Yeah. Alfie's, oh, uh, Alfie's a new addition to the Jacobson family circa like episode 36, uh, around those, those, those days. You guys, it's been quite a journey so far and we're not, it's not over. You know, we started this podcast thinking that, I don't know, Scott, do you remember uh, we we, uh, we got into the student center that one day and we um, said maybe a couple episodes and this thing will be over and we'll be done. Yes. And here we are, something like, I don't know, eight months later, uh, we've got a whole studio set up in a different part of the office. I'm, you know, zooming in to these things all the time because I work from home these days and uh, we're still doing it. We're still doing it. If that's we not good news, I don't know what is. <laughs> well it's, there is some good news that we're back in church right hey back in church now hey that's absolutely good news absolutely good news we've we've uh we've been inside two weeks now and does anybody else find it ironic that the second week that we go inside it was like 79 degrees outside on a sunday it was beautiful <laughs> it was such a nice day there were conversations about us having another outdoor service. No, were there really? I was like, bump that. <laughs> we are indoors. Bump. Daniel, I, uh, so so for all of our listeners who are listening to this sometime, you know, it's it's uh, middle of, of November right now as we're recording this, and who knows when you're listening to it. But uh, Daniel, tell us, how does it feel being back inside uh, the auditorium, back inside the church? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I know my team has really, uh, really enjoyed it, really needed it. Um, there's been, I mean, we're, we're four campuses and we have uh, two, two full-time tech guys. So the, and they, they've, they've been um, just crazy overwhelmed with what they've had to take on the responsibilities of, of doing online streaming uh, from Crown Point. So the other campuses we've, uh, we've had to kind of do just a really I mean, as simple as possible, set up on Sunday mornings, 
um, which is tough. I mean, it's it's tough to to not have a um, a, a full a full sound experience, um, all encompassing uh, time of worship. Um, so we've been able to have that, and it has been really really special and really sweet. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's been it's been super life giving. Uh, the first week back uh, felt like Easter. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it really it totally did. It really did. did. It totally did. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have much to say. I mean, other than uh, it's just been incredibly life giving and uh, just an intent, a very intense reminder of of the power that um, that happens when we gather. Uh, it's been it's been great. I I had this moment the first time we were back that that first week November first uh, where it was the first service and we sang a couple songs before we did our like whole welcome thing uh, and then we got to baptize one of the guys from our campus which was a sweet sweet moment to <clears throat> baptize someone in a heated tank that's properly designed <laughs> and he could actually share his story with people in a very uh, natural setting, but we got into those first two songs and, and there was a service where we asked people to sing with face coverings on. And yet like the volume of singing in the room, like it, it I would have expected it to be a little bit muffled. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you do that thing where your hands in front of your face and whatnot, but it was just vibrant and electric and it, it did my soul really, really good. Um, and then, uh, I guess we got to talk about this for a second. Uh, and then the next couple of days I came down with COVID. So <laughs> probably no correlation there, uh, between, between indoor services. Um, but I, I've, I've had a very mild, 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 I can't emphasize the word mild enough. Um, you know, it's, it's, my wife likes to tell me I'm on vacation these days because I'm in quarantine. That's how <laughs> mild it is. Uh, but, but not able to be around people. And so Scott, you got to pick up the ball this past Sunday on like a yeah, couple man. days notice and, uh, do <laughs> like, just, <laughs> you got to be me, which was not, not something I wish on anybody ever, but hey, Scott, I know, I know you only have a day to prepare, but do you want to preach on loving your neighbor, even though you don't agree with them? <laughs> the week after <laughs> the, the election. Week of election. <laughs> I, I will say, no, I will say, say rolling over and, you know, political. But yeah, it went yeah. amazing. It went amazing. Well, I will say rolling over in bed and checking my phone and having an email from Steve DeWitt at <laughs> 6 a.m. on Friday morning. It is a great Dan feeling. Is, hey, you, you're preaching this weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Let me write it. Yeah. Is this spam? <laughs> yeah, it's a spam. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we get emails from Steve DeWitt all the time. Fake asking Steve DeWitt's in, gift in, cards. in air quotes right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. You know if you've made it. If you're you know a scammer you've made out there trying to get us to buy you gift cards, just quit it. All right, you're yeah. wasting our church's time. Just stop. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, no, but yeah. it was a great message though. It was incredible. It was a good weekend. I it was, and I love being back inside because um, first week we had a baptism, and then this weekend we did parent child dedication. Yes. And I, I I don't know for whatever reason it was just harder to tell those kind of testimony stories uh, outside. And being back yeah, inside, that's right. It's just been really cool to see uh, stories like that being told again. Uh, I like, especially with the Zimmermans. We had, the, <laughs> we had the the like the conclusions. And if you've been following the David and Maddie Zimmerman story, uh, they dedicated Eli, their baby, on on Sunday, which is absolutely incredible. So uh, if you're if you're not able to come uh, inside, totally fine. But like inside's been it's been really awesome. Yeah. 
there have been some absolutely incredible stories that we've been able to tell over the past, I think, um, five, six months as a campus, which, you know, for me, in a, in a day and age where, where you're trying to find good news, this is like good news is, is, is in the community. And part of the, the purpose of this podcast is to share how people around our community are walking by faith and seeing God um, shape them and bless them. Um, and we should get Maddie and David on here to talk about their journey. Can we, can we do that on episode 41 or 42? We'll get the Zimmermans on here because, uh, just the miracle that God has done in their lives. I mean, I think we put it on our Instagram page, um, just how this is a miracle we've all seen. Um, what a cool thing that is. So yeah, guys, we got a lot more, uh, worship, but we, we saying it this way these days, our worship is to be continued because it never ends. And uh, some of those stories and, and hearing the goodness of God, I'm so pumped for the the coming days and weeks as we keep hearing what God's doing. And he's got a lot of opportunities these days to move in our lives, right? With, yep. with different attitudes and different perspectives and different uh, heart changes that um, we all need to have. And so I want to do that. I want to jump into um, one, one part of this podcast that we've really been enjoying, which is the catechism. And I want to Get us in. We're going to do something different today. We're going to not just tackle one question, Scott. We're not going to tackle just two questions. <laughs> We're going in the next, you know, 10 minutes to tackle three questions of our catechism. This is <laughs> insane. This is ridiculous. Alfie says it can't be done. Conversation. But we'll do it. It can't be done. So. It can't be done. <laughs> this is question number 13. And Scott, I'd hate to get in your way on this one. Oh, I got uh, it. Go for it. Question 13. So we just came out of uh, just finishing up the Ten Commandments. We walked through all ten of the commandments, and here it is. Question thirteen: Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Answer: Since the fall, no mere human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. And for your weekly encouragement, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. So the reason we're doing a couple questions here is because the obvious there's an obvious answer to that, right? Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? The question feels like a setup, and and that's only if you are in tune with your own self, mm. right? Because the the obvious answer is no. No one can keep the law of God perfectly. I guess there's a Sunday school answer of like, Jesus, <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus keeps the law perfectly. But the answer gives us that, right? No mere human has yeah. been able to keep the law of God perfectly, which which is to say you've got to discount Christ from this equation because he's no mere human. I mean, come on, somebody that's like preaching 101. <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody who would disagree with this answer or with this question. Uh, you know, are there people out there because because the catechism is is teaching doctrine? Is there anybody out there who would disagree with this answer or with this statement? And they'd be like, "Oh no, I yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with God. You know, I follow His law perfectly." I don't know. What do you think? Yes, there are parts of theology where, depending on how you look at like human depravity or what the doctrine of total depravity, um, some people would say you know, that humans are not as sinful as we possibly could be. That's Pelagian's error. Semi-Pelagianism is, is we all are born with a blank slate. And so maybe you can, uh, you know, go as long as you can without breaking God's law. 
But what we would believe is how how we how we read the scriptures is there's no one righteous, no not one, right? And I think that's the in the New City Catechism. That's actually the answer they the Romans three uh, verses ten through twelve. And so if if you're in a church that tends to be more on the um, free will side of those equations, where where humans have the ability to um, will themselves into a relationship with God. There's a second strand of that theology that believes in what's called second holiness or second sanctification. And this is the idea that I, by my own works in cooperation with the spirit, can actually attain perfection. And while that's not what we're going to talk about here, but that that is the that that is the the contra that this question is going against is can you actually live your life in such a way where you are perfectly holy? And I think the honest theologian and the honest Christian, the one who harmonizes what God's word says, and then their own lived experience, is got to say, man, I blow it every single day, every day in ways that I don't even understand. In my words, my thoughts, and my actions, um, I can't be holy. So yeah, I mean, it's weird to have to say, yes, there are people right out there that that definitely disagree with us, but, um, or with, with this, but yeah, you'll find them. Um, and they're in Northwest Indiana too. So, yeah. uh, yeah, not a good place to be breaking the law of law of God. Um, and I think this kind of dovetails into question 14. Uh, well, if nobody can keep the law of God, who's, whose fault is that? Like, I think, I think that's what this next question is getting into. Like, okay, well, who's, who's to blame here? Uh, question 14 says, did God create us unable to keep his law? And I love this like blame shifting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The answer for question 14, no, but because of the disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve, all of creation has fallen. We are all born in sin and guilt, corrupt in our own, in our nature and unable to keep God's law. Did God create us to, uh, unable to keep his law? No. No, he did not create us unable to keep his law. Yeah, and Scott, you use the word blame shifting there. That's exactly what it is. And that's the word that I I use when I talk about Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 12, uh, when God's confronting Adam, he says, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Which God knows. Verse 12, the man said, the woman, <laughs> so that's one, one blame yeah. shift away. He points at his wife. And he says that you put here with me, which is another blame shift. It's like, it's her fault and it's your fault, God, not my fault. And so I think whenever we talk about our ability to keep the law, we've got to remember our propensity to like point the finger, mm. right? That, that we want, we want justice for everybody else, but mercy for ourselves. That we're people who, when we talk about things like God's objective standards, we want it to be subjective because we know the internal motivations of our own heart. Mm. And we're really at the core, pretty good people. If God would just factor that into account. But what the law says is in your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're going to love God perfectly. And so we can't do that. Did God create us unable to keep the law? So no, right? Like, uh, it's sin that has ravaged us, right? Mm -hmm. It's totally, it's totally a sin. I, I have uh, kids who um, are asking questions like this these days and asking like, well, if God's so good, why, why does he even allow bad things to happen? Mm -hmm. If God's so good, why, why do, why do I have to be bad? 
why can't I be good? And I think part of the teaching that we have to do for our kids and even for our own hearts is to recognize how pervasive sin actually is. Like it goes down even to the fundamental core of, of who we are. And that, that hits us all in so many different ways. Um, talking about the law though, because this is all pretty bleak, you guys. Some good news right <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, right. Uh, so no one can keep it. God is not responsible for the fact that we can't keep it. Sin is the, the culprit. And the last question, question 15 then is, so what's the deal with the law? Mm. Since no one can keep it, what's its purpose? And this is a question I think a lot of, a lot of Christians are arguing, a lot of pastors are arguing with today too. Um, you know, do we even need to listen to and obey the old, the old Testament? Does the old Testament Christianity, is that even a thing? Or are we just new Testament Christians who have, you know, released ourselves from the burdens of the old Testament, um, and just follow Jesus. But, um, the, the law has a purpose, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the law has a purpose, you know, beyond, um, just what we even find in the Old Testament, but the the catechism answers right here. Maybe we could build off of that. Uh, since no one can keep the law, this is question 15. Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? Answer, that we may know the holy nature and the will of God and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts and thus our need of a savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our savior. And I, so I think this answer kind of has two different parts. First, it expresses God and it, it expresses us and it drives us to a savior. And then secondly, it's like this encouragement and exhortation. So that's for the kind of life that we should strive yeah. for, even though we might not ever be able to, um, you know, perfectly live out the law here on earth in a fallen creation. It is still the the goal that we shoot for do, i don't know what do you think about like having goals that are unattainable do you guys have unattainable <laughs> goals in your life is yes yes is the answer to that <laughs> uh it reminds me of like every new year's when i set this audacious goal for my life because it's a new year new page new you new everything yeah. you worked out a couple times and... this year though <laughs> I worked out three times. I got it three <laughs> no, times. That's good. That's good. Uh, no, I did way more than that, but then COVID. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I um, I definitely have goals that I can't attain, but I think the difference is, and I, I had this conversation with one of our pastors the other day because we're going to be doing an Advent guide for Christmas. And he was like, guys, let's just be honest. I'm going to read like two of these and then I'm going to forget. <laughs> And then you're going to have to put it on social media to read the Advent guide. And I'm going to pick it up and do two more. And then I'm going to forget. He's like, so honest. What's I love the it. Point? What's the use? <laughs> Which I loved. I loved his honesty because, yeah, we all we all feel that. But just because something is difficult and just because something is unattainable mm -hmm. does not mean you don't try and attain it. And I think the case in point is like every person who's married wants an absolutely great marriage. And if you talk to you know, my friends who have gotten divorced to a person have told me, you know, I didn't get married to get divorced. This has not turned out the way I wanted it to. I would give anything to go back to that dream that we had for the perfect marriage. Um, 
And so even though we all know there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, we all strive after it. We all try and get it. We try and we try and be the best husband we can be and the best spouses, the best wives. Um, in, the, in that sense, I think the law pushes us to be conformed into the image of Jesus, which is the best image that we can be. And the promise is, is that Jesus is going to do that good work in us. He's going to carry it on to completion one way or another. Mm-hmm. He's going to do it. The law, what it does is it shows us what he's trying to shape us into, right? Like this is the template that you're about to conform to. It's it's the law as fulfilled by Jesus so that we become like the son. You know, this this, uh, encourages my heart as uh, someone who works with, with youth in that I think a lot of times in our evangelism or in our lives, we don't often speak of the ways that we fail. Like I think today's day and age, a lot of preaching is um, towards the positive, positive side. And we don't yeah. speak yeah, to the ways that is. we f- like disobey and the ways that we fail. Yeah. That we lots. fall short. Yeah. But that is, I think um, short changing us because the law of God is not just to know, you know, what we could be, but what we have lost or, or what we are unable to achieve. Mm. And I think if you don't hit it from both sides, I think especially with youth, then there's no need for a savior. Like the answer says, do you, what do you guys think? Do you think that is something that has been lost in maybe today's culture, this idea of, of failure? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think in a lot of ways, especially just speaking from my perspective in, in worship culture, um, people are afraid to uh, to forecast, I mean, not to forecast, but to, to highlight their sin and to highlight the the degree to which our depravity has, has separated us from God. Mm. Um, everything, I mean, just the, you know, a main emphasis on the writing culture now is speaking into existence. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean speaking into existence? That's, that's really interesting. It's like this self-proclaiming prophecy that's like, God's mm. going to come through no matter what, it's going to be good in the end. Yeah. And, and many ways it's 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 not like yeah that we don't talk about the the fall of sin brings forth death mm-hmm. and death happens yeah. so what, what what happens when these things like you know uh, cancer does spread mm-hmm. and there is not healing like, and, and on the grand scale of things like that stuff does like there is victory in the end there is victory right. over death but in the in in the in between like that that's what i'm trying to say is like the culture right now um heavily emphasizes that like, I'm going to speak it until it happens mm. and I'm going to know the will of God, mm. which we don't know the will of God. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I mean, it's like this, this, uh, I don't know, these scales. Like if, if I pray this much, mm-hmm. then this is what the outcome is sure. going to be. Um, so, so it's the worst form. Um, you, you remember that moment in the gospels when Jesus, um, says, I'm going to give to Peter. He says, you're a Peter on this rock. I've been my church gates of hell should not prevail against it. And then he says something about the keys to heaven. And he says, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. Mm-hmm. It's like this concept of binding and loosing that how that your apostolic decree is going to create realities mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's the worst form of that because what, what essentially happens if you, if you take that phrase to be what we speak is, um, you know, is, is, by you know words of faith 
which is a great way to live. We should live by faith. This is the following faith podcast, right? Like we believe that. But to think that if I speak it into existence, I have the authority to make it happen in right. heaven because God said to mm. Peter, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. Um, as if we could unbind the law from our obligations to keep the mm. law. This is where it gets tricky. And that, Daniel, you're so right. You're so right. Where where if if we try and just speak into existence the absence of the law, we are actually denying Christ the resurrection that he has from the grave. We're actually denying him paying the penalty for our sin mm. on the cross. We're denying Christ in so many ways. Um, and so I think, Daniel, you you maybe put your finger on something really just applicable for us to think about. What does it mean for us to, um, to live our lives, to know that we are failures, but also not just to live in this world of, God, I don't want to be a failure. Make me a victor. Mm-hmm. Make me successful. I, I am whatever you say I am, right? Like, that type of a, a culture that fails to recognize, like, no, I, ha- I, there's a word the Bible uses for what I am, which is sinner. Mm-hmm. And to not may- maybe feel like that's a permanent judgment call. Thank God yeah. that he sent Christ to save sinners. Um, but I think for us, we got to recognize that um, the law is both consequence and redemption. So, so much of the preaching, Scott, back to your original question of like, is preaching too fluffy these days or like positive? And I, I think it could be, um, be because we, we, we might've been taught in past, like you're on a balance beam, don't fall off of it. And here's all the million ways to fall off of it. You know, go to this R-rated movie, listen to Tupac, uh, <laughs> go to your high school prom, um, you know, all the, <laughs> whatever it is that we created these categories of our own humanistic law in our own culture. Those were the ways that you could do bad things. And we've sort of replaced that type of consequential preaching with solely redemptive preaching, which is to say, we all sin, but God loves sinners. He loves all of us. Mm-hmm. So he loves you. And I think the the sweet spot of that is to say, yeah, no, God's really grieved when we break his law. He's grieved so much that he killed his son for you. But that's also how much he loves you, right? It's Go ahead, not Dean. untrue that God loves you in spite of your sin. Yeah, but no, like right. you said, uh, I think we don't heavily emphasize the the amount of bereavement that we mm-hmm. we put on the heart of God when we sin. That is truly grieving the heart of God when we when we come against Him in our hearts. Yeah, uh, which is it's it's not a uh, an easy palatable mm-hmm. thing to thing to tackle, especially in music or in or in sermons where you're trying to uh, have you know a, a broad context and it's 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 a tough thing to swallow for sure well and and what an what an impactful way to stand out against society to be people who understand that we can fail but that uh, on the other side of that coin that there is opportunity for redemption yeah i think society today can't stand failure um but without failure there is no redemption right Right. and without without redemption there is no chance of uh of of having a full life through christ in god yeah that's so well said scott that's really well really well said um this is this is why i think the more i get into my christian walk my or more or you know more years behind me that i've been following jesus 
the more I am prone to look at the law, especially the Old Testament law. When I was a new believer, it just felt like this oppressive list of things that were irrelevant. But but the the more um, you know, God is growing me in my own faith. The more I want to go back and look at His law and what were His expectations for His people, mm-hmm. because it it no longer is this um, you know rule book that I've I'm I'm you know feeling judgment over because I fail. But it's it's this glimpse into the heart and the character and the nature of our God. And I think for young Christians who are out there, like a brand new, brand new believer in Jesus, you know, you just realized who Jesus is. You're like, you're, I'm all in. What do I do? What do I learn? My encouragement might be, and Scott, maybe we'll change, maybe I'll change this in the future of my own philosophies, but I would just encourage that person, like, hey, dive into the gospels, like learn the heart of Jesus. And then as you grow in that, let's go back a little bit further to the mm-hmm. law. I think one of the mistakes that we we make is we start with the law and show people how much they've failed. Mm-hmm. And then we try and show them the heart of Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I think in the, in reverse, when we look at the law as a mirror for our own wickedness, but yet the, the desired holiness and beauty of our God, if you have a baseline understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done and that he is the fulfillment of that law, so your works are actually bound up in his works on the yeah. cross, then you can appreciate the law for what it is and what it does. And I think it can have that sobering effect in the heart of a Christian that it really needs to have to be able to um, humbly walk out our days and to say, you know, God, I need, I need thee every hour. Right. Like I just, I need you, God. So guys, it seems like a good place to put a period on this conversation. Uh, Wow. We did it. We got three, (laughs) three questions done. I can't believe we, we actually, uh, that, that seems like a small miracle for us to have gotten three questions done in one podcast, but I appreciate the conversation. Appreciate the thoughts and listeners again, love for you to drop uh, feedback for us. What's been your favorite moment of the podcast so far? 40 episodes. We're not done yet, guys. We're one fifth of the way to 200 episodes (laughs) right here. We did it. We did it. (laughs) Well, listeners, we hope, uh, as always, these conversations have um, really spurred your mind and your own imagination to think about uh, the things of God in your own life and also have helped you take a next step further in your walk with the Lord. Uh, We'll see you next time.